0: You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, where we get you ready for the showdown with the Arizona Wildcats. I'm your host, Spencer, joined as always
1: by Michael. Hello, everybody. It's uh, Power Five week. It is. It's, it's Road Game week. There's a, there's a lot of things happening that uh, are a little bit different from the first couple weeks of the season.
0: Yeah, road game, power five. Weird time. Super weird time. At least for us. Yeah, kickoff is 9.30 p.m. Central. Texas time. Yeah.
1: Shall we get into it? Let's jump into it. <laughs> first off you can find
0: us on twitter (laughs) i was gonna say but first um yeah you guys have done a really good job of interacting with us on twitter and it's been a lot of fun
1: yeah we appreciate that man
0: but for those of you that don't follow us on twitter not not that we're a super great follow (laughs) but at 23 personal i really sold that
1: didn't i man you did at everyone's gonna want to follow the not super great follow i
0: know To the podcast account, at 23Personnel. Mine is at Suck, because they do. Michael, yours
1: is? At Michael underscore LBK. For sure. And uh, you'll see my,
0: you know... The influencer.
1: My amount of tweets pick up slightly during football season, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to clog your feed, that's for sure.
0: I think I tweet most during a game. I I haven't lately... And then somebody that follows me that was sitting behind me in the press box asked me why I said that. I was like, "Eh, I'm going to cut back on tweeting for a minute.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the weird thing. I haven't tweeted hardly at all while we've been at the games. It's just, I don't know. It's just felt weird. But probably Saturday night when it's 1230 and we're waiting for this thing to wrap up. I'll probably still be on there. Yeah, I'm I'm
0: not even sure how I'm going to watch this game. I don't know if I'm going to try to go somewhere and, and watch it with somebody that I can be loud. Hmm. Cause you and I both have sleeping children.
1: Oh yeah. I've got it at that time. Yeah. I've got to keep it chill. I don't want to.
0: This is my first game of the season where I can actually get into it. I'm like, man, I have to be quiet if I'm at home. Anyways, we'll figure that out. Um, I want to follow up. We, we did actually hear back from the listener in Odessa he's actually on the Odessa High radio um, and he's got a really cool name and I've already forgotten it <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right I'll let you look it up I appreciate you reaching out to us because Spencer did mention that at the beginning of the of the last podcast that he had run into a friend of the show Rob bro at a recent broadcast or at a recent Football game in Odessa, so it a week ago Friday. Yeah, so thanks for reaching out, getting in touch with us, telling us, telling us hello. Uh, while you're looking up his name, I'm going to go over one other little bit of business before we jump into full-on football mode. Uh, Corporu, with our our um, runner-up national basketball squad is transferring as most of y'all know he was he's under investigation with title nine has it, the way you said that was like what did he do oh, oh. well i mean he's uh, he's got a, a kind of a domestic violence accusation against him i don't know if i said kind of. kind of yeah i'm sorry i didn't mean to qualify that in any way but that's what he has against him uh he was immediately suspended, of course, once those allegations were made and the investigation was... Um, I don't know if I, if it was public or whatever. Once Beard learned of it. So anyway, the he is transferring. He's officially going to be off the team, which is kind of what we have thought and most fans have thought for a long time. What this does is allows Tech to have an open scholarship. So this is something to keep an eye on during recruiting and you know we we'll, we won't know exactly what happened with the investigation for a while but i hope that however it ends it ends in the way that is best for the victim or the alleged victim and that everything goes as smoothly as it can I, I don't know how to how to say words around these I type don't. of things, it's it's just tough. I mean, it's just really tough, and I hate that he ha, he put himself in that situation. And he was one of my favorite players, really. He was. We, we joked around on our Slack chat all the time. We called him Mister Efficiency because he was just always he was he was like two for three. He he may have only scored eight points or something in a game, but he he wouldn't miss a free throw, and he'd go two for three, and maybe have a steal, a couple of rebounds. He was just always really valuable while he was out there. So, I hate that all this has transpired the way it has, and we will see if Beard is able to fill up that scholarship spot.
0: Yeah. So, I, I found him. His name is Denver Praden.
1: That's a great name.
0: Yep. Thanks for listening, Denver. He says that we do a great job. Well, we appreciate that. I appreciate y'all giving Tech fans something to listen to, and I'll make sure to tune into the show tomorrow. This
1: was last week. When oh, we this that. was for the countdown to kickoff
0: probably well, cool so thanks for listening yeah denver. thanks a ton denver and good luck on any additional calls down there in odessa
1: yes sir you ready to talk about some football oh i'm ready let's do it they go four up top they
0: throw the fade to fasher caught touchdown with time delivered
1: to marcus field down the sideline touchdown red raiders 97 yards
0: Harrell, back to throw, going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh he's my! he got it! Touchdown, oh! Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raider! Take a shot to the end zone. And it's a touchdown to Reginald Davis! All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Graham!
1: Touchdown, Texas Tech! Second down now. Deep strike, got the big man, Turn, holds free, and touchdown, Red Raiders, with a second to go.
0: Let the scoring begin. All right, so we are on the road this week. We, Texas Tech is on the road this week, taking on Arizona Wildcats, but before we get there, let's do a final wrap on UTEP. Sure. Um, I think the only thing I wanted to add is now that we've had a couple of days to kind of sit on it, what are your thoughts on offensive efficiency so far?
1: The actual quantifiable statistics or just kind of my overall gut feeling?
0: Gut feeling. Because the statistics say it's okay. It's fine.
1: Right. Okay. It's time to commit. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick
0: up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download
1: the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I have not been, and a lot of people are already pointing this out, that it's it's possible, possibly due to Yoast kind of holding back, not calling out a lot of different plays, showing a lot of different looks for people to game plan, but it it does it does seem that we've really had trouble getting the ball down the field, especially I mean, you know, five, seven, eight yard chunks. Those are great, or Rigdon will break free, or there'll be that perfect pass to Vasher here and there. But man, I'd, I'm a little worried. Uh, that's to, to my to answer your question. I'm a little worried about our offensive efficiency at the moment.
0: Yeah, I, I think that when we what we saw two weeks ago versus Montana State, we were, we kind of brushed that off as first week. You know, you got the the first game out of the way. Um, you you typically see a big jump between weeks one week weeks one and two. You were expecting UTEP to come in here, maybe not be as good as Montana State, and i don't don't it's just our expectations of Montana, of UTEP that have kind of set us up for this, I wouldn't say disappointed feeling, but a little unease, this feeling of unease in regards to the offense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him like, well, we left a lot of points on the field. Um, a lot of just strange moments where the offense is really is ineffective and inefficient and heading into a game like, Arizona this weekend or Oklahoma in three weeks. It's kind of worrisome that we're going to leave too many points on the field to be competitive.
1: Sure. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm standing too. I really, you know, we went into a little bit on the instant reaction pod. I was hoping and assuming, like you said, that they had knocked the rust off from the Montana State Montana state game. And by all, Accounts UTEP was a lesser squad than the Bobcats, so I was expecting high 50s, low 60s in the scoring range, and it was nowhere near close to that. And Tech still won the game, they still won by 35, mm-hmm. but You're covered it just kind of left. Uh, maybe it's still just a coaching style thing, too. To but 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 you can't really say that when it's not a coaching style to punt or you know it's not a coaching style right. to not get the first down uh, that's just kind of a different thought process that i think that some people are trying to uh, rationalize everything but anyway with utep you know down the road that game's over tech has their first big power 5 game um coming up on saturday and it, you know just a little bit of history, recent history with Arizona. Uh, in 2017, they managed a seven and six record under Richrod, and they lost to Purdue in the Foster Farms Bowl. What's that? I'm not sure, but it's at Levi's Stadium. So they they lost that game, and then Richrod was gone. So 2018, Sumlin comes in. Actually, I think he was hired January of that year. Arizona went five and seven, four and five in Pac twelve play. Pac sixteen? What are they? Twelve. They are twelve. <clears throat> just kind of a ho hum season, which we've seen our share of here. But currently, as of twenty nineteen, they are one and one, losing their first game in week zero. Technically, against Hawaii, they lost it. Forty-five to thirty-eight, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize until I watched the highlights today how that game ended. Did you know how that game ended, Spencer? Yeah, I watched
0: it. It was like a they were Arizona was driving. Yeah, they, I don't know if it's a fourth down or not, but it was within just a few seconds of the end of the game. Uh, Khalil Tate broke free on a run, scampered kind of across the field, and got chased down by a defensive tackle. And he was tackled at the one.
1: Yeah, he 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 had the ball. They had the ball at the thirty-one, and he went just like you said. Clock went to zero while he was running. It looked like he was going to make it, and then a tackle came from behind and got him. Because I think Khalil Tate, when he uh, he cut back inside the field instead of cutting out towards mm-hmm. the towards the corner, he cut back in towards the goal post. and that was exactly where that tackle was running and. I'm pretty sure the linebacker that was that was supposed to spy on him whiffed big on a tackle. There was another big whiff. I mean it. It was crazy how this game ended. Yeah. So it came right down to the last, the last bit of it. You know, I mean, Tate played well, and this is obviously who we're going to focus on, uh, at least who I'm going to focus on.
0: Well, them and the running backs, really. Yeah, him and the running backs.
1: Yeah, that's that's really what we what we need to look at. You, you know. When it comes to defense, um, I think I have it on here somewhere. They're yeah. ranked. Oh, well, no, it's not their defense. It's um, their penalties. They're ranked dead last. They have a total of 21 penalties for 215 yards in these first two games. And they had, let's see, how many did they have against? actually don't have the number up in front of me for Hawaii, but... The way things with went with Hawaii, uh, you know, their first three possessions started out with an interception, then a three and out and then a three and out. And so they, they went scoreless in the first quarter and then still came back, you know, like crazy in the second quarter had 21 points. Mm -hmm. This was something I pointed out earlier this week on Twitter is they've had three quarters where they've had three touchdowns or more, uh, They had one against Hawaii and then they had two the following week against Northern Arizona. They had one quarter of twenty one points, one quarter of thirty. That's a lot of points. They can score. And they can score
0: on probably anybody. The problem though is their defense, right? Yeah. I mean not that total yard like total defense is a great measure. But if you look at rank where Arizona ranks in total in terms of total yards, or yards given up per game, they are ranked 123rd in the country. So they give up a
1: ton of yards. Um, they had uh, another thing, too, is they have, I think they're plus six on the turnover margin. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is because Cole McDonald, of no relation, <laughs> threw four passes to him. <laughs> the yeah. wise quarterback threw four passes to him uh, that first game. So that really kind of helps things out. One of them was a tip. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Their pass defense, though, averages
0: giving up 404 yards a game, which is good for 126th in the country. Yikes. Rush yards per game, which I think is a better measure of how long a defense is on the field. They they raise all rise all the way up to 45th. Um, rush defense, Texas Tech comes in at 35th. And then points per game, which I think is also interesting to follow. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech is tied for third. Okay. Arizona is 126. And they've given up 86 points in two games. Texas Tech has given up 13. Um, also, if you want to look at efficiencies, and this is a, an ESPN stat that's ra- that's ranked... Um, Sorry, scored based on each unit's contribution on a per play basis, and then adjusted for strength of schedule and downweighted for garbage time. So team efficiencies, offense Arizona comes in at number eleven. So wow, on offense they're they're pretty good. Yes, in terms of being efficient. <clears throat> um,
1: defense though they come in at hundred and twelfth. So they're kind of a mirror of what. This Texas Tech is, was about like, three years ago.
0: <laughs> By the this is very much like what Texas Tech used to be. Texas Tech comes in at 34th in defensive efficiency. Right. And quick Googling, 53rd in offensive efficiency.
1: Okay, so there's not a stark, huge difference between those. But that's that's what we were just talking about earlier, Tech's offensive efficiency is worse than their defensive efficiency, which is a kind of an odd conundrum to be in, sure, mm-hmm. it could be because of the opponents. We may check back in on that stat in the next three or four weeks and see if it's flip flopped or if it's gotten uh, more out of whack. who knows but you know we're we're focusing more on this Hawaii game on purpose, I think because last week Northern Arizona was drubbed by. The Arizona, sixty-five to forty-one. Uh, Khalil Tate left the game with nine forty-two left in the second quarter, and they were up thirty-five to seven. With nine forty-two left in the second quarter, he so after twenty minutes of game time, he came out. Yeah, he came out. He did play because I listened to the there was the inside the Arizona Athletics podcast, which was basically their version of having. Someone at a restaurant and asked him some questions on Monday night and it was kind of interesting to listen to because that crazy Monday night football game was going on in the background that the Saints ended up winning on the last second field goal but uh, so Tate left the game with 942 left in the second quarter against Northern Arizona but he did play the first series at the start of the second half. And listening to someone's podcast, he mentioned that that was the plan all along was he wanted gunnell, who was their who's their backup q b he wanted him to get some valuable minutes in the second quarter, no matter what. but you know you can say that now and say that that was that was the plan all along, but I'm sure I don't know if he thought they were going to be up thirty five to seven six minutes into the second quarter so anyway, Ganell came in and he played um way more minutes overall than tate i believe and he even had i mean he was nine for 11 with 151 yards three touchdowns and uh tate finished the game 14 for 17 only three incompletions 138 yards two passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown that's in basically less than a half right
0: but still what gets me is that they gave up forty one points in northern Arizona. Right. The only thing that Which th- they had a fifty one to thirteen lead at the half. They did, but a huge lead at half and they came back and scored twenty eight points in the right. second half.
1: It's it's true. It it looks I think it looks worse than it is because Sumlin played seventy two of the seventy four players that were on, on the sidelines. Everyone played but two guys. I, I feel How bad for would those suck to be those two guys. <laughs> they even covered that on that podcast, but I feel really bad for those two guys. But I took that as they rotated the kitchen sink in and just let it ride. So I wouldn't look into that too terribly much. I think they were playing second, third string guys, okay. possibly in that the third sense. quarter. I mean third string, third quarter, and then who knows, fourth quarter. Maybe there was this guy that played cornerback in high school and they want to see what he looks like, even though he's currently an inside receiver. <laughs> Who knows? Mm-hmm. Throw him out there. Let's see. Let's see what he does. So I think they kind of knew this game was going to be something they they could experiment with. And even in that game though, and this I think this is partially blown up because of it, they had eleven penalties for thirty seven or for one hundred and twenty seven yards. Which uh you know, that, like I said, mentioned, like I said earlier, sorry, that puts them dead last at 130th in uh, yardage of penalty or penalty yards per game at 107 and a half yards per game. So that's something that tech could take advantage of. They've played really clean football these first two games mm-hmm. and if they're able to win the penalty battle, which is something that's always been a, a plague of Texas Tech for 20 years, it seems like that could really work in, in Tech's favor. Uh, they have a cornerback, Jace Whitaker, who leads the nation in interceptions. He had two against Hawaii. He got his third against Northern Arizona. He's someone who's able to to cut in and kind of read the quarterback's eyes and see where the ball's going to go. So they'd have to be careful with that. That's for sure. And, but just watching that film, just the highlights of Hawaii, two things I noticed that are kind of, well, no duh things to notice is that Khalil Tate is going to be really hard to stop Mm -hmm. because Even when they would, when they were just rush three, he threw on you all day or when they would just rush three, he would run on you or they would blitz and he would dump it off and then they'd gain, you know, 17 yards or something like that because there was no one there to stop him. He'd dump it off on like a little screen pass kind of thing and get rid of the ball quick or he was able to dance around the blitz and take off himself. So how do you attack this kid? If you blitz him, he still may move on you or he'll throw the ball over you. If you don't blitz him, he's accurate enough to get it to his receivers or he'll just take off eventually and you'll wish you'd had gotten some better pressure on him.
0: I think with what we've seen from Texas Tech so far, you got to stay, you got to continue to stay aggressive. you got to force him to either make plays with his feet because um, I don't think he's that great of a passer, but I don't. I don't think you can win by just sitting back and hoping he throws you the ball. I think you kind of have to, you have to press that matter. You've got to put some pressure on them. Yeah. And then I, I do have enough faith in what I've seen so far in the defense and being able to tackle people in the open field. Now you'll have to have somebody there to tackle. Right. But the thing that gets me is, is I don't have a great feeling about this game. But like all of the statistical models favor Texas Tech.
1: Yeah, they do. They do. Like
0: it's usually the opposite way. It's like, well, the the stats say this one thing, but I I have a really good good feeling about this game. It's the opposite way around. It's like I don't have a great feeling about this game. Probably because I don't like going up against a mobile quarterback, which we've talked about before. But you outrank Arizona in every statistical ranking there is or rating. If you look at ESPN's football power index, FPI, you come in at 40th, Arizona comes in at 60th. Um, you have a win probability percent or Texas tech win probability percentage of greater than 50%. So you're, you're favored to win this game. The, the betting line, even not that that's a statistical model currently has Texas tech as a two and a half point favorite on the road. With nearly eighty percent of the bets coming in for Texas Tech,
1: yeah. Well, I think that opened. It opened, at, I think,
0: at two. Yeah, and then it got to three and a half at one point. I, I remember is, it moving up there, which is probably where it's not like hundred, like where it's kind of balanced out at two and a half right now. Um, if you look at S and P, Texas Tech comes in at 39th nationally. Um, Arizona's at sixty third. Adam McClintock um, has Texas Tech at 51st, Arizona 63rd, Sagarin. Um, Texas Tech at 19, Arizona at 74. So that is your biggest margin in terms of where you and Arizona are ranked. And this system gives Tech... um, 83% 83% favorite, or has Texas Tech as an 83% favorite to beat Arizona. Wow. Which is nuts. You don't know, usually see those kind of odds on a, on a home, sorry, on a road team coming in.
1: Yeah, I'd, I wanted to, well, the other thing I, I wanted to, to mention briefly was just I think when Tech has the ball, that they should be able to pass over the middle. The middle seemed to be open quite a bit. A lot of those Hawaii highlights, I don't know what it is, and maybe it's a miscommunication or what. But, sure, the sides were open here and there, but it seemed like a lot of those highlights were just passes over the middle. Guys were open. No one was around them. So that may be something to look for. But I also wanted to look at how well Hawaii did this last week because, mm-hmm. you know, how, how great are they? Are they really that bad? Are they – that good or or what. Now, keep in, keep in mind, Hawaii is in the Mountain West Conference, which is a group of five, right? Yep. Not a power five. And so far, they've played two power five teams and beaten them both. They played Oregon State just this week. Which admittedly is a terrible power five yeah, team. not a great power five team, but still a power five team. Knocked them out 31 to 28. And this was after... Uh, Oregon State was ahead twenty eight twenty one at halftime. So Hawaii came out, did not allow Oregon State to score another point the rest of the game and uh came out with a win. So the, I don't I don't want to put too much on you know, Hawaii's just uh man, they're gonna make the playoff this year somehow. <laughs> Anything like that. But they're they're a pretty decent team. And so I think the fact that Arizona lost to him doesn't mean too much yet. It, I think it's still too early to t- to tell. Cuz I kind of felt that way beforehand, you know, how Hawaii had some talent and guys, they were able to move the ball. Uh, they contained Tate a little bit there in the first quarter and were able to intercept him a couple of times. Of course, one of them at least one was a tip pass. But they have uh they have some talent there. And I think that the fact that they beat Arizona doesn't mean that uh, oh oh my gosh Arizona's terrible. We're just gonna steamroll them.
0: no I, I don't think that we can look at what Arizona's done so far and just say that they're terrible now their their stats aren't great, but when you have an athlete like Tate and their running backs, I think you're pretty you're pretty good at, at thinking that they can move the ball and score on offense. Obviously the biggest thing though. Is their defense so far, even against bad competition, has just been awful. Right. Uh, right. It's, it's, a lot it's, of holes. It's, it's reminiscent of Texas Tech several years ago, where you're just like your offense is really, really good. Defense couldn't, I mean, it, it, it couldn't stop anybody. So I think with how bad their defense is, and it's, it's interesting to point at somebody else having a really terrible defense, and we know what that actually looks like. Yeah. Um, I'm talking myself into believing some of these statistical projections or models or whatever you want to call them that has Texas tech favored in this game. I don't know if you want to get to a projection just yet.
1: Well, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm working around to it because I, I don't know if I'm there yet. I don't know if I'm there yet. I know. I know what the numbers say. I know how well Tech's defense has played these first two games, especially last game. I'm, I mean, they really played well. But I'm afraid I'm going to discount it a little bit too much, possibly, with how the competition actually was.
0: That's what some these, of these models are supposed to take into, into account. I know
1: they're supposed to. I know they're supposed to take in that into account, but... I kind of want to. Man, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to just say it out loud, but I think I'm going to pick Arizona to win this one. What are your thoughts on that?
0: On you picking Arizona? Yeah. Well, I I think it I, with. Let me go back to our our project our prediction. I don't want them to
1: win, guys. you all know that, right? I, I don't know. want them to win. It doesn't sound like you want them to win. But the. What we hinted at earlier, just kind of the stutter steps on offense that we saw against Montana State, which were not that bad, but then seemed a little bit worse against UTEP in home games, has led me to believe that, man, these guys, the way Tate plays and the way that uh, these guys carry the ball and move the ball. They've got, I mean, J.J. Taylor's a solid running back. They've got some really good receivers. Um, I think Cunningham and Barry Hill III are probably the couple of their leaders. But they just—they worry me, man. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, you know, Tech hasn't faced a, an offense quite like this this year. Not even close. Uh, they haven't faced uh, a, a guy that's thrown 39 passes in a game. You know, and then the next, then the next game, they let's see, they attempted. Only attempted 28 passes against Northern Arizona, but because the game was handily over with nine minutes left in the first half. So I've, I'm a little worried that a couple of things are going to have to go right, and I'm not sure if we're there yet. I'm not sure if Tech's offense is going to be consistently almost drive-for-drive drive perfect. They, uh, I, I, think I don't think you have to be, but I, I
0: do think their defense can help
1: you be that. Right, I. Ah, you're talking me back into it. No, I still. I, I want to see it first. Sure. I want to see no, it happen no, I, first before I, I before I uh, put my toe in that water. Because if you go back just a couple of weeks, we both picked this game as a loss. Yeah.
0: Now I'm I'm more leaning towards a win here, but I. I had Texas Tech at 75. I would actually trade out one of the other wins I had in the schedule for this one. I, I think you're more likely to win this Arizona game than I Kansas thought you were state. and switch it with Kansas state, which I had as a win and say that we're more likely to lose to Kansas state now after I've seen what they've done the first couple of weeks. I told
1: you I was worried about Kleinman, but I didn't know he would, he but would, be rolling roll this fast. Yeah. yeah. You got that marked down as a loss. I figured he would, he would have won five or six games maybe at the most by the time they played tech and they would really be rolling by the time they played tech. And, um, who knows? Who knows now? <laughs> After Ames Day this week we'll we'll kind of see if Kansas State is actually gonna be the third the third dog in the Big Twelve or if it's still gonna be Iowa State. I'm unsure. Isn't this the game they call Farmageddon? Is it is it Iowa versus Iowa State? It might be. No, I thought, I
0: thought
1: that, it was Kansas you know State what? Iowa State. Um, Farmageddon football. Anyways, so I think
0: I'm I'm leaning more towards Ari- Texas Tech beating Arizona this weekend. I think it's gonna be
1: a close game, and I think it's gonna be something like Iowa State, Kansas State, again, By yeah. the way, you think the score is gonna be like what?
0: I'm a, at two and a half. I'm gonna pick Texas Tech to cover and go like 41 38. Be a close game, obviously. Okay. Texas Tech has been in that 42, 45 point range and you'll be on the road against a terrible defense. I think you get you get what you would lose by playing on the road, by playing the Arizona defense if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it makes sense.
0: Um, And I just think your defense is just good enough to hold them to one possession
1: less than you. I'm thinking kind of along the lines of uh, tech can't get the offense going for whatever reason. And you are able to contain Arizona, but possibly there's a pick six type situation or a bad turnover that gives them excellent field position. And ultimately you go down 35, 31, something like that. That's where I'm at. I, I don't pick us scoring forty one when we couldn't do it against UTEP. That's that's where I'm currently sitting. Which is not a great place to be. I'm still excited about this game. Anything can happen, guys. And I'm I'm not trying to be negative. Y'all y'all know that. Uh, but I'm trying to be uh I'm trying to be real. I'm just trying to be real with you guys, you know? What's what's what do they always say on the real world? And, there, and there's some. I couldn't tell you. When life stops being something and starts being. Yeah, I feel whatever it is. But that's that's, that's in my heart right now, guys. That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> so, anyway, um,
0: I wanted to. UTEP's defense is marginally worse than Arizona's. Margin- like So it's 125 for UTEP,
1: 112 for Arizona so we could score 39 on them. <laughs> what just, do those numbers mean? I'm just saying, I'm just I just <laughs> they saying. were they were so terrible that everyone was saying how bad they how bad UTEP was when uh when we were getting ready to play them and that score didn't really come out like we thought it would. Well, thir- winning by 35 is not that bad.
0: Oh, it's not. I, I, don't, I don't think you're going to beat Arizona by 35. I think you're going to beat them by three. But I, I'm still going to take Texas Tech to win this one, and 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 f- keep my my season projected at seven and five for now. Yeah, and and flip the results between Arizona and Kansas State.
1: Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, I wanted to mention a couple other little tidbits that Sumlin shared on the podcast. Uh, he he had this to say about Vasher, which I thought was great quote they've got a receiver who's a real nightmare. <laughs> so that's not too bad. That's that's uh that's a nice compliment to be called a real nightmare. <laughs> I like that. And
0: you're sure he's talking about Vasher?
1: Yeah, he was. Okay. He was for sure talking about Vasher. Cuz he said his name later. Uh just kind of wanted to point out a couple other things he said that and I didn't think about this, but he said really Tucson's closer to Lubbock than Houston is to Lubbock. So we're recruiting a lot of the same guys which is kind of interesting, talking about he and Wells. Uh, he agreed that Tech hasn't shown a lot of offensively because they haven't had to. Uh, which I don't know if I really buy into that. Like, I'm I'm not... You're not sure about that?
0: I'm not, like, super familiar with the Yost offense to know that, like, what we've seen isn't what Yost typically calls, that just the execution hasn't been there. Like, there's been a lot of tackles that were made that kept plays from breaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I I don't think there's going to be like something like some big huge switch that gets flipped now that we're not playing garbage teams and obviously of the offense is going to look different. Or like this this offense is so much better than it was 2 weeks ago or whatever. That's I, a good thought. I I, mean, I just think it has to do with execution and and doing everything else right than it is Yost calling a different play because of who the opponent
1: is. That could have something to do with it. Uh, There's a theory that he wants Bowman to be more comfortable, which is why there's all these screen passes and these little short passes.
0: When you've got really fast guys like Rigdon and White and Mannix yeah. Whatever. Like, short passes can be long passes in a you know blink of an eye. Like one missed tackle and and Rigdon's got forty nine yards. Although Rigdon didn't force a missed tackle on Saturday when he scored that touchdown. But there was one the exact same play where he broke. He ran for almost twenty yards and he got he was barely tripped up. So he could have had two long scores That's in the right. exact same play.
1: Yeah. We'll see what he ends up calling. I mean, Yost, it may be the exact same plan, hopefully just ex- executed a little bit more efficiently. And with with this defense being susceptible to an offense just kind of running and scoring all over him, we'll see if Tech's able to take advantage of that. Yeah. So, Like
0: I said, give me Tech minus 2.5 to win
1: 41-38. Give me Zona, 35 31 and i don't like it pink raider whatever man now are these
0: really the questions that i was called here to answer
1: who's in the box Uh, what's in the box i'm Ron burgundy
0: damn it who typed a question mark on the teleprompter you want answers i think i'm entitled you want answers i want the truth you can't handle the truth Alright, we got several questions sent into the show this afternoon. We did? We did. Well, okay. I've the, only seen like one or two. <laughs> the first question came from Chad Hasty. And he said, predictions for the show or for the game? Well you didn't read the, the your tweet, so that has no context. I said we're pre- previewing this weekend's matchup against the Arizona Wildcats. Send us your questions, thoughts, and predictions for the show tonight.
1: Oh, okay. See, now he could have predicted that we would talk about uh, some form of food. Well, but we haven't yet. See, he asked he asked
0: predictions for the show of the game, and I I responded both. Yeah, and then he didn't respond to that. Ugh, Chad, let's get it together. Cooper Burnett playing a team tied for first in the nation in turnover margin, plus six, and having forced no turnovers yet ourselves, minus two. Is the turnover battle the biggest key of the game? I think if you're forcing the Arizona offense to turn the ball over, you're you're doing a whole lot better to slow them down than expecting them to stop them. Like, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you got it. I think I know where you're going. It's it, you, you're gonna have a better <laughs> shot at slowing them down if you're forcing turnovers than if you if you're just staying back and. Trying to make sound tackles on ten play drives.
1: Sure, sure, yeah. I, I think that's a very valid point, Cooper, because it's that's something that always gets brought up in these press conferences about how you know Utah State had the highest turnovers in the nation or whatever last year, some some crazy number. And and what Wells said in the press conference this week was, when they come, they'll come in bunches. And I'm not sure if that's exactly how turnovers work. But but it could be, and if it does, it'd be nice if it worked out this weekend in Arizona to where, hey, we got a fumble, and then next thing you know, we got an interception, and oh man, hey, another interception. So I I think that's a that's a big key of the game, and I would really point to penalties being a big key of the game. Absolutely. If if this is the most penalized team in the league, man, I hope that Tech's able to take advantage of that and. Coming come away with three or four flags on their own and then Arizona's stuck over there with 11 or 12 just again shooting themselves in the foot this team
0: reminds me so much of Texas Tech it really does and from a a couple years ago and I just it's just kind of not funny but like the coincidences of like how it mirrors
1: Cliff Kingsbury's Texas Tech yeah Kingsbury coached for someone and you don't you don't want to count on the other team getting penalized but it seems like a very good possibility. Uh, you also wouldn't want to count on getting turnovers because that's not a great defensive strategy, but th- that's I not, think they're that's kind of the game same plan. <laughs> I think they're both big keys of the game. Sure. And, and that's something that we should definitely keep our eyes on.
0: Also on a scale of one to 10, how big of a factor will the U of a crowd be? I think they sell beer
1: there too. I, I would put it Seven yeah that's exactly what I had in my head. I mean seven possibly eight. It's a night game for them. It starts at seven thirty their time, so they'll they'll be hyped I'm and ready sure, to go.'m I'm, I'm sure their stadium will be packed. Sure and they'll be ready to see uh a, a big twelve or not maybe not big twelve a power five school in their stadium. They'll be pumped to see that just like we would or we will i I'm assuming when we play Arizona next year. Is that right? We, it is a home and home, right? Yes. I didn't know if it was one of those weird home this year and then, or yeah. away this year, then three years from now it's home again. Uh, I, I think it'll be a pretty big factor because they're they're going to be rowdy and they're going to be ready to go.
0: All right. Tyler Timmons, over, under 70 rushing yards for Tate. I'm going to let you go first. I'm taking the over on that. Give me the under. Oh, okay. All right. Now he he may get like fifty or sixty, which is still gonna it's gonna feel like a lot for a quarterback, right? For him to yeah. pick up fifty or sixty yards. I I think Arizona's offense is much more suited to running the ball, so they're I think they're going to try to run it a whole lot with Tate, and their three or four running backs they have, then they're trying to trying to pick your defensive secondary apart. Um. So I. I think they'll have more rushing yards than you would like, but I think it'll kind of
1: even out. Well, he had just just for some context, he had uh he rushed 13 times for 108 yards against Hawaii, but then he only rushed twice for 1 yard against Arizona, uh, I mean Northern Arizona. So that sounds like a which I'm, I mean, I'm not sure the context of that. It could have just been a couple scrambles or a botched snap who knows it doesn't sound like it was really a designed couple of runs for him to have it, it, the, yeah his long his longest run against northern arizona on those two carries was one yard so he averaged i mean it was okay here here it is it was at the goal line apparently cuz he has a one he has a rushing touchdown and it was uh one of the two carries for a total of one yard so he wasn't utilized at all Uh, Against Northern Arizona. That may have been the game plan. That may have been something they wanted to completely limit the chance of him getting hurt, getting out there and running in space. But I could see him, you know, it wouldn't be crazy if he picked up five or six yards here and there and then maybe broke one for 20. I I could see it happening.
0: When did Kevin Sumlin go to arizona was it 2018 it was his january year? of 2018 yeah this is his second okay because i i keep season. thinking back to um to what brian says that kevin Sumlin has broken khalil tate or doesn't know how to use him because if you look at 2017 khalil tate stats playing 11 games rushed 153 times for 1400 yards and 12 touchdowns 2018 played in 11 games rushed 74 times so just about half as many times for 224 yards so he his average rush went from nine yards to three yards wow. in Sumlin's first year two rushing touchdowns versus the 12 the year before Sumlin got there 1200 fewer rushing yards so i he doesn't i i, I don't think it's a a khalil tate thing i think it's a A Kevin Sumlin thing
1: well obviously yeah that's that's holding
0: him back so I don't think he's just gonna bust out on him because if he gets 100 rushing yards against you he'll match what he's got already this season and half of what he did all of last season in one game
1: yeah that's true that's true I didn't I didn't realize he was he was limited that much under Sumlin uh, Someone that surprises me. I don't. I think I knew it was bad or different that he was trying to use him in a different way, and it wasn't going very well. Obviously, only they only won five games last year. Hey, welcome to the club. But I just he's a he's a really talented kid. That I I just the the thing I remember the most about him is when they were coach shopping was how vocal he was about not wanting to run the triple option. (laughs) He didn't come to Arizona to run the triple option.
0: Yeah. I just, if you have a guy that's talented, like that, I don't understand how he's not using him in a way that maximizes his talent. Yeah. And it sounds like
1: against Northern Arizona, he he made a decision. Okay. We're only going to rush him unless if, if, if it's a sneak or, or, you know, fourth and one or something like that. And that was all they did. Right. So
0: his, he's rushed 15 times on the year what you just said, for 109 yards. His per rush average is back up to 7 yards. So,
1: what is that? Um, Again, rushing for about 70. Well, shoot, before the Northern Arizona game, it was 8.3. So, he he was able to really scoot against Hawaii. Yeah, so he's on pace to rush
0: 90 times for... 700 yards ah i love on pace guy on the season (laughs) i i'm here to be your on pace guy (laughs) um yeah so i i thanks for for sending in your questions everybody um michael you you promised to have a going yard bumper do you have anything
1: yeah i remember i sent it to you on slack chat Oh, that, that, one, that one clip? It's like a six-second six clip. That's okay. all we need. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me find it. Because do you actually have something to say on Going Yard? I do. Okay, I don't, but... Uh, of course you don't. But yeah, you're welcome Besides you, um, Besides, you,
0: you had your guys come out and mow. That's all that.
1: Yeah, they mowed today. Looks nice. Short.
0: Thank you. All right, here we go.
1: <sighs> Why would anyone do drugs when they could just mow a lawn?
0: there you go it's true because guess what i mowed my lawn tonight it was nice so here, here's what's going on it is fall is coming fall's a great time to to overseed your your cool season yard cool mm-hmm. season lawn mm-hmm. what i'm working on is is shortening the lawn i'm cutting it short yeah To to give room one to get new grass seed down to the dirt but also give it time for the new grass seed to start growing again before i have to mow so you have to cut it pretty short. I'm going to work my way down. I'm on my I'm on the second to the high setting. I mowed Saturday, I mowed today. Grateful to get in there before, you know, in this extra rain cuz it supposed to rain all week and then it didn't rain today. So it was dry enough to mow. Getting ready to, to overseed next weekend, 21st. I'll probably mow a couple more times to lower it a few more times. Put some some new grass seed down and enjoy the fall fescue yard that's all i got really okay that's good i got nothing to add (laughs) are we surprised
1: no no
0: i don't i i just don't
1: know all
0: right one more thing let's get to what did we learn this week michael what did we learn
1: palmer i don't know sir i don't know either
0: i guess i could call you palmer when, when we start this
1: yeah sure you can call me palmer
0: what do you learn, Palmer?
1: I don't know either. Uh, I, let's see. I learned that the Ken Burns documentary about country music starts this weekend, and it's something I've had my eyes on for a while. I'm pretty excited about it, but I also learned that cord cutting and trying to DVR PBS is an issue Because it is not available on Hulu Live, so I can't DVR it there. I would have to physically purchase a DVR and connect it to my antenna to record it that way. Or I have to download an app to my Fire Stick and or Roku Stick, and then I think I can stream it from there, but I'm unsure if it's on a delay. I would assume it is. I probably can't watch it till Monday night. But anyway, Ken Burns... (laughs) I think I've talked about him before. Makes great documentaries. Uh, I highly recommend. I think, of course, the Vietnam War he did a couple of years ago, which was just excellent. Uh, the war itself about World War two, World War Two, sorry, and then I think the Dust Bowl may be my personal favorite, just because it really talks about how that time impacted this area. You know, Lubbock was kind of out of it. I think Lubbock was, you know, I, I'm sure they were affected by it, and they had maybe an influx of people from the north in the panhandle who were truly affected by it come down. But I think Lubbock was a little bit out of the Dust Bowl area. But the the folks up in the panhandles of Oklahoma and Texas, of course, were super affected by it. And that was, uh, I think that may have been one of, one of my favorite documentaries of his just because it was so relevant to where we live and you know of course my dad farmed too so that kind of always is something in the back of my mind about how how we till the soil how it how it's uh you know what's better for just producing crops or what's better for just the soil in general and just kind of the philosophies behind what started this whole Dust Bowl thing anyway these landowners that lived way off and all they cared about was getting as much wheat planted as they could. And then who cares what happens after that? So anyway, I didn't mean to go on a tangent about... Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> about crop rotation but <laughs> uh, or irrigation, but here we are. So anyway, that's what I learned. Ken Burns' country music documentary, pretty psyched about it. I'm psyched about a PBS documentary. Documentary, this is where I am in life. What did you learn, Spencer?
0: I learned you all are going to get some bonus countdown and kickoff this week. That's right. With the late game, we're going to start at the top of the hour like we normally do. But instead of it being three hours before kickoff, it'll be three and a half hours before kickoff. Yeah, we'll buddy. We'll go on the air at 6.05. Where do we go on the air, Spencer? We go on the air at Talk 1340. So you can tune in locally at 1340 AM. You can find us streaming on the website, kkam.com, or the Talk 1340
1: app. Which is a pretty nifty little app. Sends you a little little update when uh, If you
0: if you forget when we go on, yeah, Rob sends out a push notification as we start the show. Yep. We'll be joining Rob Bro, of course, his host, Carson Robinson and Tucker Lorance on
1: the ones and twos. Yep. Tucker Lorance <laughs> does a good job producing the show, of course, and chiming in with some Scores that we can all we'll cuss have a and discuss. Lot of scores to talk about. Yeah, I know, and <laughs> this will uh, be one of the last games on the the Patriots news had just hit the oh, the good. wire when we went on the air last week, and Tucker's are big Patriots fans, so he was uh pretty excited about the Antonio Brown news. I would
0: I would recommend you all listen to the show, either on the website or on the mobile app. You get audio straight from the board as opposed to
1: audio over an AM wavelength. Right. The, the AM radio signal is quite degraded. It's probably not, not as friendly to my, to my twang as this podcast medium. <laughs> it's good though. Um,
0: follow Rob bro at, at Rob bro show. Remember he's Cajun B R E A U X at Rob bro show. You can follow the station at talk 1340 fall Carson at, at car robs with k-a-r-r-o-b underscore radio and you can follow tucker at tucker lowrance l-o-w-r-a-n-c-e
1: yeah and if you tune in you'll get to hear us make some more terrible picks i think we had one a consensus we for one, one for four <laughs> yeah, or one for five no no one uh no one listened to me when i say to uh, to take kansas in the points not the points. Take Kansas to to uh, cover a second. I took Coastal Carolina, spread. baby. Yeah, Coastal Carolina took it to them. Not only did they cover, they won. They won. Outright <laughs> in won. In their house. <laughs> painful.
0: Uh, of course it's painful when you pay an opponent to come in and, and then you lose to them. Yep. That's rough. I think the rest of them, I, I felt pretty good at Texas minus six and a half. And I think they ended up losing by seven. Yeah, they didn't cover either. <laughs> it's kind of brutal. Anyways... Tune in to the Countdown to Kickoff show. We will be on the air 6 to 8.30 p.m. There's the bonus segment as we were talking about. Extra 30 minutes this week. Um, every passing week, I get more excited to, to do the show and less nervous. Um, also find out that talk radio is held together by a bunch of duct tape.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of wing in it.
0: So make sure you tune in. Listen to us. All cuss and discuss the college football day. Talk about the Texas Tech-Arizona game that's coming up um, 6 to 8.30 p.m. Saturday night. Yeah. Check us out. Talk 1340. For Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for joining us on the 23 Personal Podcast. Shooting websites worldwide, Manhattan all the way to Yonkers. When it say Brooklyn, stand up. You better just fix your posture.